Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scratching the Surface podcast. I am your host, Austin Douglas. And here on Scratching the Surface, we scratch the surface on a lot of things from arbor culture to poison ivy work to mosquitoes to green industry to business to entrepreneurship and to life. And today we are going to talk about some life lessons. And these are some lessons that I've picked up inadvertently through observing nature. Okay. And I'm a big observer of nature. I'm always in nature, um, you know, for my job. And it's my job to observe nature and, and see what's going on and, and fix certain things. Right. Um, since I became an arborist, I've made that a goal of mine to try and help and save trees and fix people's trees. And, you know, it's a little bit different than poison ivy work, which is really what I specialize in, but it's something that gives me fulfillment to fix trees and to drive back by those properties and to see those trees thriving. It's something that it really gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment doing, you know, not that poison ivy doesn't, it's just, it's a different fulfillment, right? With poison ivy work, I tend to, uh, you know, fulfill that void of, you know, serving people, helping people, saving people, almost like a, a, a hero-esque type thing, just because you're doing something that no one's really willing to do. And you go in there, you get it done, and people are extremely happy that you've done it. Um, but the tree thing, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned observing trees. And one of the ones that was most impactful to me over Memorial Day weekend, which, by the way, happy late Memorial Day weekend to all you guys out there listening. Um, I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Hope you remembered, you know, why, why we have Memorial Day weekend and all the people that have lost their lives in order. So in order for us to live the lives that we can. So yes, let's remember our fallen for that and thank them for that because they made the ultimate sacrifice. But the life lesson that I want to talk to you about today is from observing um, two tricolor beaches that I've planted. One was at my mother's property on a lake, and the other one was at my house, which is on 10 acres in woods, field, very rural area. And the tricolor beach that I planted at my house, ever since it's been planted, it's put on some substantial growth. Um, it's I think this year I measured and it was like two feet of new growth, just unreal growth. I mean, it, <laughs> I haven't really fertilized this thing that much. I've just been letting it do its thing and it is thriving. And I go to my mom's house for Memorial Day weekend. We went there to put in the dock and the boat and just hang out. And I look at her tree and it's, it's barely growing. It's almost sickly. You know, it maybe grew like an inch a year and then a quarter inch. I mean, it was declining in growth. And when I planted it, you know, I didn't know then what I know now. And just to see it declining, it's like, well, what's going on, right? I mean, I have one tree that's thriving, growing two feet a year. And then I have another tree that's declining in growth. Well, what's going on here, right? Two different environments, same genetics as far as trees go. What's going on, right? Well, I've, I observed this phenomenon going on last year between those two trees. And I was learning some new things like air spading, like soil compaction, various things to fix trees that don't involve pesticides. And so I, 
this year I went up to my mom's to try and fix her oak tree because her oak tree, she's got a magnificent oak tree. I mean, this thing is five foot diameter across. It is gigantic. And it was, the roots had been buried. So I took up my air compressor, took up my air spade, and I got to work. I did a root collar excavation, went down like two feet on this oak tree and didn't find roots. It was amazing how deep this thing had been buried and how it's surviving. But I did that, and then I um, vertical mulched around the tree, which if you don't know what that is, that's basically when you take the air spade, you jam it into the soil, pull the trigger, and push it down. And it will go down you know, anywhere from uh, 8 to 20 inches, depending on how far you want to go down. And it decompacts the soil. It's amazing if you ever see the service performed you can see the ground three to four feet away lift up and it's lifting up because air is going over there and that air has to find a way out. So it breaks up all these channels underground for air, for roots to grow or air doesn't grow, but for roots to find oxygen roots to grow. And it, it does wonders to trees. And so while I was there, I knew that the, this beech tree had this issue, right? It wasn't growing. It's like, well, let me do this service for that as well. And let me do some air tilling and let me just try and fix this thing with air and see what happens. No fertilizers, no nothing. Okay. And what happened? Well, this year it's put on over two inches of growth. And I mean, it's early in the year yet for growth, but watching that tree and seeing the growth rings, the bud scars, and seeing how it was maybe an inch and then maybe a quarter of an inch growth. And then now it explodes out to two inches. That tells me that I have done something to fix the environment for that tree. Right? It's happier. Its roots can grow. You know, it wouldn't be doing that. It wouldn't be growing the top growth if it didn't have a root structure to support it. Or if it couldn't grow the roots. Right? And so I'm just observing these two trees. And I'm thinking about this. And you might be lost in this podcast. It might not, you might not even care. But the real lesson that I got was that altering your environment can have a significant impact on your life. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you were, you know, say you're an inner city kid and you go to school and your classes, your teachers, they don't care because they're not getting paid well because they're at an inner city school. So you don't get a good quality education. And so then you start to go down like this declining rabbit hole in life because you were never educated. Well, what if you take that same person and you throw him into a private school where he gets like one-on-one -on -one coaching by like the top teachers in the country? What is the difference in success between those two people? It's probably pretty significant, right? I mean, of course, you know, you might have kids that just don't apply themselves, whether they have the top of the line teachers and educators or whether they don't have the top of the line educators and teachers. But the reality is if you go from like a more intimate one-on-one -on -one or even, you know, just quali better quality education versus a non-quality education, you're probably going to go further in life. You're probably going to do better in life. Same thing with those trees. If those trees have better environments, have the best environments, they will thrive. And I'm watching that through the tree that's at my house. It is in its perfect environment. It has to be because it, to grow two feet a year is substantial for a tree. You know, I'd, I'd have to look up the growth rate for that tree, but I don't believe it was two feet a year. I think it was something along the lines of like, you know, six to 18 inches. 
So I'm at like beyond the top of that. But it's just, it got me thinking, you know, as far as entrepreneurs, right? We, we get into entrepreneurship. We're in the green industry. What if you're not in the right industry? Or what if you're not doing the right services that could make you grow and thrive and go beyond an inch a year of growth to two feet a year of growth? Like, what, what does that look like to you? You know, have you ever thought out there to yourself, you know, maybe there's something else that I'd like to be doing, or maybe you're like a total nerd when it comes to certain things. You might be cutting grass, but you're actually like a total nerd when it comes to um, the weeds in the lawn and how to get rid of them. Or maybe you're watching those trees and you're observing trees and be like, man, it'd be really cool to know how to climb those. You know, it, it just got me thinking about how we get to where we are and what it took to get us here. And are we in the proper environment? Are you in your proper environment? Are we in our proper environment? Am I in my proper environment? Am I thriving or am I just barely holding on? You know, I ask myself these questions pretty frequently. Like I said, I know today was going to be more of a, a life podcast, but these are the observations that I get looking at two trees. And these are the thoughts that trigger within my mind to discuss with you. I think it's a valid thing to think about. Because I'm seeing one tree thrive and I'm seeing one tree just suffer. But it took a little bit, a little bit of effort. And now the tree that was suffering is starting to get into the mode of thriving. It's starting to change, right? What would it look like for you to go from struggling to thriving? Can you just vision that with me for a minute? What would it look like for you? Are you thriving right now? Could you be thriving? Like, what does thriving really mean to you? Is thriving, you know, not working at all and being with your family and being at home all the time? Is thriving at you picking up 10 new clients? Is thrive? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is to you, right? I think about thriving to me. Thriving to me is not having any fear of making decisions and having more time more time to do what I want to do. Because let's be honest, right? If you could thrive, you wouldn't have to struggle. You wouldn't have to survive. I'm sorry, you would still be surviving. I don't know what I'm talking about here. But you, you, would, you wouldn't have to struggle, right? You wouldn't have the struggles that you have right now if you were thriving. So what does it take to thrive? What would you need to change in order to thrive? These are just some questions to ask yourself and to think about throughout the day. You know, if, if you can, I would encourage you to just take a few minutes and think about these things. What would it look like for me to thrive, not just survive, not just get by? What would thriving look like? And just picture it. You know, in your mind, what thriving looks like to you. You know, somebody said thrive, like I was thriving the other day. And I don't know if I'm thriving. You know, I feel like we're doing okay. I feel like we're doing well. Could I be doing better? 100%. Could I be doing worse? 100%. So I don't know that I'm thriving. I feel like I'm catching a stride right now in my life. I feel like we're getting, we're gaining momentum towards a specific goal that I had in mind. And when I started my company, I set out a goal for seven years. I was thinking seven years in advance what I wanted to do because that's how long it would take me to do it. Oh, sunglasses fell off. Seven years, I already had a goal. I knew it would take that long. And now I'm thinking, is there a way that I can fast track this? 
what would it look like if I could fast track this? How would I go about fast tracking this? You know, what if I could do what I thought in seven and two or three or four? Well, I'm already on year four, so I don't think I can do it in two years because I haven't. But that's not to say that I can't in the future with another endeavor or something else. So it's it's just something that for all of us to think about. I'm a deep thinker. I really am. I love to play chess. You get me. I like to think like six, seven, eight, nine moves ahead. Right. That's just who I am. I don't know if you're like that. Maybe you're a checkers guy or checkers gal and you, you don't like to think that far ahead. But I am a chess player. And I like to think four or five, six moves ahead with everything that I do. And sometimes it's the wrong move and you're still thinking that far ahead and it's the wrong move. Sometimes it's the right move. You know, that's the beauty of chess. You you come up with a plan and you think of your opponent and what they're going to do and you, you anticipate and then all of a sudden a wrench gets thrown in the gears and your plan's thrown out of the window and you got to come up with a new one. But as I take a drink of coffee, I just, I like making connections with nature to life because I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in nature. You, you'd walk past the tree and you might not think anything of it, but that tree has had to go through so many struggles in life to get to where it's at. It's had to overcome pushing itself through the ground. You know, it's seed, seed from the previous tree before it could even germinate into a seedling had to evade and avoid foragers like squirrels, raccoons, deer. I mean, it had to overcome that. And then depending on the environment, who knows what it had to overcome? You know, did it have to overcome other competing trees or shrubs? Is it planted in a, an urban environment where it had to overcome lawnmowers and weed whackers? And I mean, there's so many correlations that can be made with trees. You know, was a house built around it and half its root system cut off? You know, just imagine if half your root system was cut off. What's your root system to you? Two arms, two legs? You know, how do you overcome such things? But it's just, it got me thinking, right? It's Memorial Day weekend. Actually, Memorial Day weekend has passed. But remembering the fallen and how they've served us and then just making correlations to nature and life and, and what's going on. You know, thinking deeply on it, thinking deeply of what environment would I have to be in to thrive? What environment would you have to be in to thrive? How do we get there? What's the moves? What's the plan? That's what I'm, that's where I'm at today on this podcast. And I don't have the answers right now, right? But I do like to sit back and think about these questions and think about what it would look like to do certain things. You know, if I'm, you know, what's my next move? Do I buy next another truck? Do I hire another employee? Like, what's the next move, right? I think if you're in a growth mode with your business, you're probably thinking the same thing. What's the next move? What's the right move? Do I need equipment or do I need employees? What comes first? It's like a chicken or the egg question. I have always been a fan of purchasing the equipment and then finding the person to fill it. Because if you hire someone and you train them, well, you're going to end up having to get that equipment, whether it be a truck or a mower or whatever. You're going to need to get that. I'd rather get that on the front end and now I at least have it. So now I don't have to rush, so to say, to find my hire to fill it. I can go through, find quality candidates, and fill the truck. I have the truck. It's not like I'm trying to run through these people, training them, and then, oh, this guy doesn't work out, this guy doesn't work out. And I have the truck. 
now I can go through and see who catches on quickly. So I think uh, next year we're probably going to bring on a third guy. I'm a fan of slow growth, slow and steady growth, just because you can grow so fast that the whole company can come crumbling down. So I'd rather grow slow. You know, I'd rather grow incrementally. If you can grow 40% a year, that's pretty substantial. And so that's that's the goal this year is to grow 40, 40% year over year. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. Right? I think it's doable. I know it's doable. So it's just a matter of, of getting the contracts, getting out there and doing it. But what's thriving? Is that thriving? You know, is, is a quarter million dollar year business thriving for you? I don't know. To some people, no. To others, yes. It all depends. You know, I, I, my aspirations are to start a franchise and, and do very well at it. I feel like that's thriving, but it's also a whole bunch of headaches. And I'm just learning right now what it takes to get there. You know, you, in order to do such a thing, you have to build such a solid foundation of systems that it's not even funny. Like you have to know your marketing to a T. What is your customer acquisition cost? Where's your best marketing? When's your best marketing? How, what's your best copy? What's your best photos? I mean, you go through all this stuff, right? But again, it's just, it's lessons from nature. Are you thriving or are you just getting by? I'd say the last couple years in business, we were thriving in growth. I mean, thriving. I, it was, it was difficult for me to, to not get work, to be honest. I would turn down work. I would raise my prices to turn down work. I would refer work to my competitor. If it was too far away, I said, no, nope, I don't want to do it. This year, the calls have slowed slightly, it seems like. But I know every year around this weekend, people went out and worked in the yards for Morley weekend. And now that they've worked in the yard by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if they came into contact with the poison ivy, they're going to get a poison ivy rash. And then they're going to look for a company to come and solve that issue. It's just the nature of the game, right? I know this. This is the, the ebbs and flows of my business. But we'll see. We'll see if we get that surge of phone calls like every other year, or we'll see if the phone stays quiet. You know, I really don't know. But it's also a reason why we're getting into additional services, some more niche services. We already do niche work. But we want to have a bunch of niche services that are trainable, that we can offer our clients. You know, air spade work is a very niche service. Doing vertical mulching, doing root collar excavations, a very niche service, super niche. And I only know maybe five people in the entire state of Michigan that offer it. And so we wanna be, you know, the sixth person because it's super niche. It's higher profit, I think. And it's very low expense, so to say. And there's so much work to be done in it. Just people don't even know what it is or why. <sighs> but what is thriving? What's thriving to you? I go back to that because it's a question that only you can answer for yourself. What is thriving to you? You know, I think about what we're doing, how we're thriving, if we're thriving, what would it look like if we're thriving? And it's just, it's something to really like sit down and almost meditate about. And envision your life. What would it look like if, you know, Johnny was thriving? What would it look like if Sally was thriving? What would it look like? 
it's not going to take you too long to sit down and think about your dream life because you only have one life. You might as well live it and thrive. If you're in a bad environment out there, you might as well get out of that bad environment. If you're, if you feel like you've dug a hole too deep in a certain business and you'd really like to be doing something else, you can like get out of what you're doing. If you're miserable, go do something that makes you happy. Go do what you want to do. Thrive. You'd be surprised if, if that is you, if you are in one of those dilemmas where it's like, man, I'm already so deep in this, but I can't, I can't stop because I'm already so deep, even though I don't want to do it anymore. You can change. It's okay. I've done it in the past. You know, not to get too into it, but I was doing certain things in life and I made a very quick, clean cut and said, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. I have to go do something else. It's not the end of the world. You can rebuild. You can start over. It's okay. And if you're happier doing that, your family's going to notice it. Your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad, they're going to notice. Like, wow, you seem a lot happier. And it's because you stopped being in that environment to where you weren't going to thrive. You were just declining. And you decided to make a change to thrive. It's not that difficult. You can do it. You know, maybe... That's going from being the guy that mows the lawn to being the landscaper. Maybe that's you thriving, just stopping mowing altogether. Maybe it's going from the landscaper to, you know what? I just want to be an arborist and deal with trees. That could be it. Maybe you want to get out of the green industry entirely. That's okay. Maybe you want to kill poison ivy. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. But everyone has a perfect, perfect environment. I learned that through trees and plants. Every plant has a particular environment in which they thrive. They need the right pH. They need the right soil. They need the right microbiology in the soil to sustain them. They need the right nutrient content, the right lighting, the right water requirement. I mean, you just name it. There's all these specifics for every single tree and plant out there. And when they have their perfect, perfect environment, they thrive. And if something's lacking, they do not thrive and they start to decline or not grow as well. So take an internal internal audit today on your life. This is deep. This is real deep. I should have warned you in the beginning. This is really deep. But I know it's going to help you to do so. Take a look at what you're doing. Think of it. What does my life look like if I'm thriving? That's all you got to do. It's simple. Vision it. Just play play the game with me. Just see. And I would love, you know, if you listen to this, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what your thriving life is. You know, are you thriving? Could you be thriving more? Are you not thriving? What do you think you have to change to thrive? Right? That's the theme of this whole thing is to take an inventory of your life. What do you need to change in your environment to thrive? That's all. That's all I wanted to talk about, really. It was deep. It was deep. We went, we scratched way below the surface on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Typically, we scratch the surface, but that one, we scratched a little deeper, you know what I'm saying? So, another drink of coffee. I'll give you one, too. It seems how I want to wrap this up in like six minutes, okay? We went out on a quote to look at a tree a couple trees that were in decline for a client. 
And one of my recommendations was to administer a tree growth regulator. What is a tree growth regulator, you ask? Well, let me tell you. It is essentially a hormone blocker, as weird as that is to say, but it is. And it stops or slows the tree from outward growth, and it channels that energy into other things. So rather than growing vertically outward, it's going to channel the energy that it would use to grow vertically outward and channel it down into the root system, channel it into defense systems, channel it into uh, food storages. So you take that energy and you divert it into all these other systems for survival of the tree. And inherently, you get a healthier tree. Because if you have a struggling tree and you give it a growth regulator... Well, now it says, I don't need to grow anymore, but I need to do these things. And so if you can enhance the foundation of the tree through its root system, if you can enhance the food storage that it has, it can withstand droughts. If you can enhance the defense mechanisms that it has, it can withstand funguses and insects and diseases. And so that might be what it takes for you. So just think of it as a growth regulator. Maybe we cap growth and we start to diagnose everything in between to get our efficiencies up. Maybe we need to dial in our systems. Let's not grow this year. Let's just dial in the system so we can grow later, right? Build out that foundation. That might be something to think about too. You know, I, I made that recommendation because I know it's going to enhance the health of the tree long-term. And we should do it every three years. And if we do it every three years... This tree is going to be awesome. It's going to have a wicked root system. It's going to have food storages built up to withstand all kinds of crazy environments. Its defenses are going to be crazy strong. And that's what I know. And I have to convey that to the client and say, this is what we need to do and this is why. But what would it, what would you, how do I word this? Is there anything in your life that you wish you could transfer energy from too? right? Say you're going out in the field every day. Well, what if you didn't have to go out in the field every day? Where would that energy transfer to? Would it transfer directly into office work? Would it transfer directly into being with your family and friends? Would it transfer into doing hobbies that you absolutely love? Like what, what, what would you do with that energy if you had it back? You know? And then if you think about that and that's what you want and that's what it takes for you to thrive, how do you get that? How do you get there? Who do you need to hire to get yourself out of the field in order to get there? What does that look like? What does that look like for your business? Do you have enough revenue coming in for that person to do the work and replace your income? You know, but maybe, maybe you don't want to grow just yet. Maybe you want to dial in these systems, get this thing going and then say, okay, let's turn on the sales machine. And now you're starting to replace your income and more. I don't know. These are all the things I think about. We went from business to life lessons to tree growth regulators. We went all over the place. Scratching the surface was not today. Today was much deeper. But I hope you enjoyed this episode where we just talk about life, right? Life, arbiculture, green industry, entrepreneurship, business, and life. Today was life. We scratched pretty deep. Wasn't surface level. That's okay, though. Sometimes you have to go deeper. Me, personally, I'm not a big fan of small talk. I'd rather just get right to the meat and potatoes and let's talk about some serious stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you found value. I hope you take an inventory of your life 
and what it would look like if you're thriving. Are you thriving? Could you thrive more? What in your environment would you have to change to be thriving? Do you need to exit this industry entirely and do something that you actually love? Do you need to, you know, go deeper in the industry and maybe learn new skill sets? Like, what is it? You know, but take in that inventory. Think about it. Okay. I love what I do and I feel like I am thriving in it. And so I'm going to pursue the course until I don't feel that way. You know, I want to be that my tricolor beach that's growing two feet a year, not the one that's growing a quarter inch a year. So with all that, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. If you guys like this content, if you want more of it, you know, please share the show. It can't hurt. It would always help, you know, more listeners getting more feedback. If you want to be a guest on the show, hit me up on Instagram. You can reach me at ditchtheitchmi. Love to have you on. And let's just talk life and scratch the surface on what you got going on and, and business. So without further ado, I bid you all a farewell and I will see you guys in the next one. Take care and God bless.